this week on Invasion of the Podcast, Star Trek Discovery boldly goes into the unknown. We talk about the Marvel Comics event Civil War II. And I asked Joe, is it older than Betty White? We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we're trying to take over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul, protect the future, Stedman, and to my left is Joe, fight the future, Peters. I never really understood the taglines. I don't understand that either. Because I'm not quite sure who is protecting it and fighting it. That's I, I want to get into that later, too. Yeah, so we're going to talk so. about uh, Marvel's comic event, Civil War II. Um, I have some uh, opinions about that, so we'll, that'll, that'll be fun. Um, I, I'm alive uh, surprisingly, because I said oh, yeah, last you week gonna, I'd be dead. You were going to turn into a zombie or something. You had a cold again. Yeah, like we had some unique colds up north. <laughs> yeah, um, so I I'm fine. My voice might go, but my ears are fine now, so I can hear things. I just may not be able to say things. So one of these days, I'll get I'll get my shit together. So, um, but yeah, I, I know. Normally, did anything happen this weekend that you, you did anything fancy? I mean, I, I didn't. No, I don't. I didn't really do anything that fancy this weekend. I uh, Monday I went and saw the. Uh, Season finale of Sherlock at the uh, the old movie theater because <laughs> um, the fiance loves Sherlock and she wanted to go see it on the big screen. I was like, yeah, that's cool. And uh, it was uh, it was a disappointing, but it wasn't very good. No. Um, yeah, I, I haven't watched Sherlock yet. Uh, I feel like maybe maybe we should actually save some of that talk until I actually watch some of it. That might be fun. Yeah, I think you should because like. Uh, it's. I mean, they're long episodes. They're like an hour and a half, but there's only like three or four episodes a season. Yeah, so, and, and I feel yeah. like um, I've been kind of trained to expect that with watching Black Mirror, how some of those episodes are yeah. an hour and a half. And they just kind of like only put a couple in the season, so it's not like... Yeah, so I don't have to feel like I have to get caught up by watching six years of television. I can only watch yeah. like a couple series. Uh, that's fine. And and now that I am like come around to Doctor Who at the, and Stephen Moffat's the showrunner on that, I you know I, nothing's really stopped me from watching Sherlock other than a time commitment. So yeah, um, yeah, I I think um, I think it would be interesting to talk about Moffat's creativity mm-hmm. and uh, and examining that. So it's definitely you see you see aspects of Doctor Who in it, and and most Whovian fans like Sherlock. Um, oddly enough, uh, my fiance she doesn't like uh, she doesn't like Doctor Who, but she does like Sherlock, and but she's always liked detective stuff, and I think it's probably because it's more grounded in reality. But um, yeah, I don't know. Moffat's kind of just kind of starting to drop the ball for me on a lot of stuff because even the last like season of uh, Doctor Who, there were a few questionable things where I'm just like, I feel like you're just getting here for the sake of a plot, you know? Yeah. So. Uh, did a lot of that, which should not be in Sherlock, because the first two seasons of Sherlock were really good with you know a lot of the, like the deduction and things like that, and he got from point A to point B, and you saw how his super intelligence got him there. So, okay, yeah, so I I do want to see that. I just I'm not like I feel like again 
I'm starting to get to that point where like I just have all this television around me and everyone's like, have you watched this yet? I'm like, no. But then I watch something like the OA. That, that, like, I don't <laughs> know why. like, I'm, oh no. Yeah. I get to vote time for that. I told but, you. But not finish Black Mirror or oh, you Man of High Castle. Black Mirror. Or eleven twenty two sixty three. I know all these things I need to watch. Yeah. I just haven't sat down and watched. And it yet. you should start watching Travelers. I finished Travelers. That was really good. Yeah. See, like that's just another one. Might yeah. just throw. Like I have this whole backlog, right? And then to further complicate things, um, and Kevin, uh, our friend Kevin from Radio Violenta, I asked him to give me a list of of movies for a year of the Western, and we're gonna we'll mention those in passing at the end tonight. We'll go. Th- we'll we'll name them all, but we're not gonna spend a lot of time because I don't know most of these. But we'll we'll list them. I've heard then, a few. Yeah, a few of them. There's a few I've not heard of. obviously but but, yeah this is going to be what i'm going to be working on this year so i have a lot of watching to do there's i'm surprised there's not a lot of more recent westerns on there well i mean that's it's it's kevin i asked him to come up with a mix of what he would think would be a good mix there's a couple of westerns in the last 20 30 years that i'd really liked so well maybe i don't want to get into it right now yeah we'll call it audible and we'll watch some of those too anyway let's get on to the news everyone okay it's not really good news yes i don't think we have any cool good news i feel bad like we're always we always play the good news bit and then it's just kind of like we don't really have good news but um it's more like this hooray hooray denied hooray denied yeah no uh well i guess we'll start with probably the saddest news first the circus is ending yeah, uh, so um, officially this year, Barnum and Bailey, greatest show on earth. Uh, you know, now that they're going away, I think we're going to take that title, the greatest show on earth. Yeah, like, I've been standing in, in the wings in the shadows, just kind of like, like on deck. I got, I got, you know, I got my weight <laughs> on my bat. Like, come on, Barnum. Yeah, um, and I've, just... I've been practicing eating fire. I, I don't know, like unrelated. Uh, 146 years. Uh, they're going to bring uh, the show to a close here in May. 146 um, years, right? Wow. This, this is for non-stop travel entertainment. I mean, I don't know if there's a downtime with circus season, but I would imagine that they travel to more of the southern route, and then they come back up during, like, you know, like warm the weather. temperate, yeah. Because I know that there's that, um, oh, what's the name of that town in Florida, that there's a specific town that people that work in the circus industry, uh, was it Jupiter, Florida? Something Probably, like, because that yeah. was the... Uh that was the mainstay town of uh, American Horror Story when they did the circus episode. Okay, because I mean, I think that's still a legitimate thing. I think that's yeah. where a lot of uh, off-season performers go. But 146 years, they said declining popularity, and also because at, until recently, um, they had had elephants in the show, and people were starting to like say, "Hey, maybe you shouldn't have elephants," like cause just just the way that they were being trained and kind of treated. They removed the elephants, people stopped coming. So it's like, "Hey, take yeah. away, take away the elephants." Now we're not watching you. Like, yeah. just whatever. And they we're going to get to a point in movies where people are like, CGI is terrible. Take it out. And then they bring in practical effects and they're like, this is lame. I don't want to watch this. Like, I want to see Avatar done all practically. <laughs> yeah. Like, you just see, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jake Sully. Just like, just blue face. It's just, all sweeted. Yeah. It's all <laughs> <laughs> like, um, but I, I do, I do believe that like, um, like, elephant cruelty because i mean you got to imagine over the course of 146 years there's probably a number of animals that were not treated well yeah i mean it's a traveling show animals i mean people even people it's hard to do a traveling show that long and that much for let alone animals and care for them yeah you know zoos have a hard enough time and i know people that hate zoos you know because they don't they don't feel like the animals are treated well there but i mean that and those are facilities that are you know aptly like built to take care of animals and you and the, the circus? No. Just, yeah. 
I, I like was it Robert Schimmel, uh, the late Robert Schimmel uh, said he took his daughter to the circus once and uh, and they saw a bear riding a, a bicycle and his his daughter asked him like, Dad, um, like do bears ride bicycles? He's like, No, honey, like they just they just uh, <laughs> they nailed that bear's feet to the pedals. He's running for his life. And then he's like, Then she starts crying. I was like, No, no, honey, it's okay. Bears ride Schwins in the woods all the time. Like <laughs> Schwins in the woods. Yeah, but I just I feel like the circus thing though, the idea of like you have this um you know, odd assortment of, of characters and abilities that come to your town and set up the tent. And it's like it is an exciting thing as a kid because this is not something you're exposed to um, it, because it's very it, it is very like they're there one day and they're gone the next and it and clearly a lot of fears are have been instilled yeah. a lot of kids but there's also a weird like like magic to it too and like um, do you think the internet killed it? Yeah, I think I just think the mod- modern convenience killed it. Well, even before modern convenience, I mean, you didn't have YouTube. I think YouTube has killed a lot of things where you don't need to go anywhere. You can sit a five-year-old down with an iPad and pull up a video on YouTube and watch the circus on YouTube. And, yeah, it does have more of a majesty to probably us because, you know, physically being somewhere is is a lot better than watching it on, on your computer screen. But, you know, the allure of the circus was you couldn't see this anywhere else. Yeah. That's why it was the greatest show on Earth because... You would go there and be like, "Wow, I've you know I've never seen the high flying act and things like that." I mean, you could probably type in trapeze on YouTube and get tons of stuff that would just blow your mind. Well, and, and Mary brought up a good point when I was talking to her about this too. She's like, you know, she's like, they're probably not the only circus. This is the most famous one. So much like when you and I we went to go see like the local wrestling promotion, I'm sure there's probably smaller circuses out there where yeah, like there has to be people like that or everything shifting more towards like how. Like Cirque du Soleil with these performance pieces, yeah, you know, and that's what I was thinking. That you take the name, you maybe you retire the traveling show, but you go and you set up shop in like Vegas or something. Yeah, they you should make... set up shop because the name still holds. Yeah. you know, the Barnum and Bailey name still holds a, uh, you know, some weight in terms of like going to see a good show. Yeah, but and they'll have Cirque du Soleil's, and in that way, if you do have animals, you know, they. I mean, speaking of Vegas, you know, you had your Siegfried and Roy show, and that pretty much was. A circus show, but it was stationed in Vegas, and the habitat they had for those animals, which is still there, is really yeah. nice. So. Yeah, other than other than when I saw the one uh, white tiger stalking one of the employees, and that was really funny. Like just like the perched and staring at it like a large cat. Like I'm gonna get you, and the employee's like, "No, you're not." And it's like you'd be whistling a different tune if there was no fence there employee i'd be terrified but yeah. uh but yeah i, I just that was feel probably like, the one that got siegfried <laughs> yeah he's, <laughs> he's like, like like i didn't see there's a log beside him with like little scratches yeah. through it like, he's like i don't know if you know who i am <laughs> yeah um so i i just think that it's just a form of entertainment that um you know it's just as times go things change but 146 years for anything that has this established name like that's good i, I yeah. you know how, how can you like how can you say that it's like, pretty sad but it is an impressive run yeah but I mean, just the circus idea, and Barnum and Bailey in particular hasn't ha- has been involved in so much pop culture as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there is that film, The Greatest Show on Earth, and there's like, and I, I was also telling Mary too. I was like, you can't say anymore that you're going to go run away and join the circus because is <laughs> there's there a circus no more now? circus. So like, what's going to be like? I'm going to run away and join a startup company. I, that's not the same. You could probably yeah. still run away to Hollywood, yeah, and become a waiter. So right. So anyway, uh, you know. It's sad to go, but I mean that's just kind of like that's the march of time. So anyway, now on to something more not, something, not I, as depressing. I don't. I know. guess not as depressing, but it's still kind of sad. So like Star Trek Discovery has gotten pushed back indefinitely. 
Uh, so Paramount has kind of decided they're like, we don't know when this this TV show is going to come out. Um, yeah, it was supposed to come out in February of this year, not coming out. They pushed it back to May, then they pushed it back indefinitely, and it's like, um, it, there's been well, there's been rumbling since Brian Fuller stepped away. Yeah, from I was going to say Fuller dropped out of the, the 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 race, which is very scary. Um, which sounds like a, I don't know why he dropped out of the race. I'm pretty sure it's not because of schedule. Not that Brian Fuller's not busy. But I feel like that would be a really bad reason to walk away from something that you're so seated in, like Star Trek. Yeah, um, I, I just I, so I have a feeling uh, that there's some hands in a cookie jar that probably shouldn't be in that cookie jar. Well, and, that and they're setting it still again. This is this is being set before the original series, and yeah. and they keep trying to fit all this stuff in. And and I know we've talked at length on the show about well, like prequel stories and everything, and how you have to make it thread the needle going into the other one, and then there's certain expectations, and you know, I can just. I'm tired of it. I feel, you know, and I it's funny, I always relate this way through Star Wars, but I feel like Star Wars does that too. I mean, you have five seasons of Clone Wars, and now you're going to have, uh, they're on the third season of Rebels. So there's going to be eight full seasons of a cartoon show that technically tells a story between, um, well, episode two and episode four, and then episode three happens somewhere in the middle. But between two and three, everything that happened in Clone Wars happened. Yeah. So, and then after Clone Wars, you got Revenge of the Sith. Now you're getting Rebels, which Rebels is going to tell that whatever that 20 year time between uh, technically Rogue One because Rogue One happens after Star Wars Rebels. But it's like you're trying to squeeze a lot of story into a small amount of time, and you're not doing anything new. Luckily, we have like Episode Seven, Eight, Nine. They're going to like pave the way for new stories, and hopefully, after Episode Nine comes out. You know, we won't be getting any more like Han Solo backstory movies or Boba Fett backstory movies. We're going to get like fresh new Star Wars stuff because that's what a lot of Star Trek fans want is they want stuff to carry on after like Voyager and DS9. We want like so right now there's the two universes, uh, the prime universe, which is what you have with the original series, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine and Voyager and Enterprise actually fits in there, too. Yeah. Uh, So that's all called the prime universe. And then with the new movies uh, where uh, you got Chris Pine and company, that's called the the Kelvin universe. And this is where I don't know if discovery is fitting in with that um, universe. I think it is. I think it's part of the Kelvin timeline. Um, and it's supposed to be before. I, I don't know, but it's, it's very, I, I just, I want a prime. I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like that's what the fans really want. If you're going to, if you're going to make them buy a streaming service and you're promising the new star Trek yeah. and they're excited for the new movies, make a bunch of those new ones with pine and company. That's great. But at the same time, whenever the, the original cast was still making movies, Next Generation was going on TV. You could have two separate Star Trek concepts on at the same time. Yeah, I feel like they would have had a really good thing going if they would have kept the Kelvin universe in film and then continued the television series in the Prime universe, which it always has been. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. But right now, it just seems like... Uh, so with the announcement of an indefinite uh, release date, they've cast someone to play uh, Spock's father. Because goddamn, if you're not going to have a Vulcan, and goddamn, if it's not going to be tied directly to directly what you already to, know. Directly to Spock, yeah. And I say that out of frustration, not because... I'm still going to watch it, but it's like it's just it's the same thing like like long suffering Star Wars fans. It's like, oh, well, if that's all we got, then we're going to enjoy it. It's like Star Trek is one of those things that even though there is kind of a mold and I'm sure people argue with me, there are archetypes that fit every single Star Trek show. And it's always about going out and using your mind and diplomacy to solve problems. And you use weapons last. (laughs) 
Like that's always going to be the the way it's supposed to be. But give me more of that and give me new worlds. Give me give me six million different data Spock Odo analogs, but just make them different each time. And I'm like, but that one's different than the rest of them. It's okay. <laughs> I I just don't know. I just feel like this one. I feel like. They announced the project to get people excited, and they're like, "Shit, we got to make it." Yeah, they, I, I, I can agree with you yeah. that they kind of were just like, "Oh, wait, what do we do now?" Yeah, it's like, like guys, guys, what's the best name we come up with? Star Trek Discovery. Okay, STD. Let's go with that. And I was like, "What, well, Bill? <laughs> no, I, Bill, I did some research." No. He's like, "No, no, no, we're calling the show STD. Let's, Nothing no, bad's going to happen no. with STD." Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> t- you know, it's funny tying back to last week's podcast. There's a, um. There was a, a a joke in The Running Man about Mr. Spock. That, yeah. That um, what's his name from Fleetwood Mac made and the um and, and Dweezil Zappa is like who? Yeah, they're he's like who's Mr. Spock, and they believe then they thought that like in 2017 Star Trek wouldn't still be going and that like most people in well, 27 not because in 1987 there was only the, the 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 movies and there was no next, next generation at that yeah. time when they so, made it. So they thought that the uh, the Star Trek phase would have died out by 2017 and it's going strong. Yeah. So that's one thing that Running Man did not predict and I thought that was kind of funny. Side <clears> note: uh, Running Man's actually coming to hulu uh, in february so if you guys do get a chance to watch it uh when we did the show just it's going to be on hulu to watch streaming yeah. like part of the package uh definitely check it out so i was like we're ahead of our time so yeah. all right so last bit of news isn't that sad but it's curious uh <coughs> and it's kind of internet rumors and i i hate to put internet rumors on the news because it'll probably be debunked especially with deadpool because every lately, one of our stories is legitimately researched <laughs> and well reasoned yeah. and thought it's not, out it's not fake news although we should start making fake news i think it'll be fun to talk about stuff and then just be, be like oh yeah the uh, x-men are totally going to be in the next avengers um <laughs> yeah. just have everybody go crazy Let, let's see it let's see that pop superman up. versus batman versus spider-man called it what? like yeah um so um uh the uh the rumor is is that they, they're going to cast pierce brosnan as cable uh so they they uh was it ryan reynolds or hugh jackman both of them they 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 tweeted a photo of the two of them sitting with um uh pierce brosnan and they're doing the hear no evil see no evil uh, uh speak no evil Okay. So it's kind of like, kind of like a little like, oh, guess, guess who, uh, guess who Pierce Brosnan is. So that's the rumor. And like after I kind of thought about it, I was just like, yeah, I think Pierce Brosnan would be a good cable. I mean, if you want, like, if you want someone that uh, looks like he's a little bit more road weary now, I yeah. think he, I think he's, like, I, I wasn't a big fan of his as Bond. Like, as I liked his Bond. Like, the Goldeneye was actually a pretty solid movie, but I feel like he, like, he's kind of. He's falling into that Sean Connery category for me where, like, the older he gets, the cooler he's getting to me. Yeah. You know? Like, Connery's always my favorite Bond, and then Brosnan, and then Craig. Yeah. But, I mean, so maybe, but when I think of Cable, though, I do think of, like, more like Stephen Lang, like, this guy who just looks like he was just chiseled out of rock and has seen some just bad stuff and doesn't take guff from anybody, and I don't get that vibe from you know pierce brosnan like i so i don't know maybe if it's true like again if if ryan reynolds is all about it then clearly there's something there um i just but like who else would pierce brosnan play in the marvel universe if you had him play a character right now i think he'd be a good mr sinister i was about to say that that would be oh he'd be really i think he'd be really good mr sinister or get him in the hellfire club or something like that would be yeah anyway so um i it's a rumor but yeah, this nothing, nothing's blown up about it. Like I literally saw the news article 
before I came over to the podcast. And I was like, yeah, let's talk about it. Well, just like how Ron Perlman was trying to get everybody to, to get him to become uh, Cable. I couldn't see Ron Perlman as Cable. No, I don't know why. Just, Something with that brow. <laughs> couldn't do it with the brow. What if they did like a whole prosthetic? Like they just changed his face a little bit. <laughs> it gave him still that jaw, but they just like, you know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I think you should do as Hellboy 3 he wants to do. I, yes. I, I don't know why that hasn't gotten made other than the fact that like people are afraid of the budget. Um, because Hellboy 2 didn't make the money, but Hellboy 2 is a really good movie. Hellboy 2 is a really good movie. Like, I think it's better than the first one by a fair yeah. amount. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I hope... Uh, I would be great. I know Ron Perlman wants to make the third Hellboy movie before he's too old to make movies, but he's already like... Isn't he like seven, he's close 70, right? 60s. I think he's in you know, his 60s, yeah. Because yeah. he was in his like late 40s, early 50s when they made Hellboy. I'm pretty sure. Ron Perlman. Let's see how old he is. He is. Come on, give me a. Uh, <laughs> this he's sixty-five. Is sixty-five. Yeah. So, I mean, I know Indiana Jones. How old was Harrison Ford when he did Indy again? Like it was around that time too. Yeah, right? it was so, roughly that. Yeah. yeah, that same. Um, how old was he when he did Hellboy? Uh, early fifties, because the, the first one's um, close, it has to be like ten years old now, right? Yeah, he was. Um, he was fifty four when he did Hellboy. Wow! And then he and then Hellboy two came out. Jeez, he did Hellboy when he was fifty four. Yeah, I mean, it makes you wonder what I'm doing. Like, with, with, like I'm like, what am I doing with my life? I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be upright when I'm fifty four. Let alone being an action movie. Huh. Oh well. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm but not gonna speaking of older celebrities, we're gonna also have a Betty White quiz later too. Yeah. So I'll mention yeah. that. So we're gonna tease that. So that's that's yeah. That's, that's it that. for your news. What the news? News. All right. And now on to this. And now for our feature presentation. Do you know why they are called spoilers? So if you guys are going to read the comic series that came out in the spring, Civil War II, we're going we're gonna to drop all the spoilers right now. And the good thing is, is if you don't really read comics, but you want to know what happens in them, we're going to tell you. There you go. So, so we're also going to talk a little bit about like the whole process and why they do these things and how good are they and are they you know are they good for readers? They're definitely good for the business, but yeah. So like um, a little while ago, we we covered Flashpoint, and um, it, with that, I didn't realize how many additional books they put out around Flashpoint. Yeah, when the original Flashpoint storyline was like six issues. Um, there, with the Civil War, it was eight. It wasn't meant to be eight, right? It was supposed to be... It was supposed to be like seven or six. Something like that. Yeah, they added like a couple more issues. And they did that with uh, Secret Wars, too, which was a previous event that was also rehashed. So so with Civil War Two, when it came out, it ran alongside uh, whenever Captain America Civil War, the film, was coming out uh, in the theaters. They wanted to have an event similar to get people's attention. To get there, yeah. So like the draw is... And and the the original Civil War came out what, in two thousand five. Yeah. So in two thousand five, the original Civil War event came out, which was huge. It was written by Mark Millar, and it was probably one of the most successful Marvel events that they had done in terms of like crossing over comics and stories and and all of the superheroes um, coming together for a story event. Um, the first one revolved around something called the Re Superhero Registration Act, which if you've seen the movie, it's very similar to the Sokovia Accords. And it's basically making an accountability for superheroes. Um, and it, it, it put uh, 
uh, Captain America and Iron Man against each other for the first time. And it was very awkward to see these two friends and heroes fight against each other. So um, that got spun into a movie, and I'm sure everyone's seen it. Uh, and when that movie came out last year, um, Marvel decided they were going to do uh, Civil War II as an event um, to kind of jump on the coattails of the movie, so to speak, because like what's going to happen is people who are going to go see Civil War II are going to get interested in the comics. They're going to see there's a Civil War II going on uh, while the movie's going on, so they'll jump onto it. Um, and then from there, it just kind of it kind of didn't it didn't really hit the mark as you know right right out the gate out the gate there were the first two issues i say were pretty interesting and it piqued my curiosity enough and then after um a lot of issues it slowly started to, to trip its way down the mountain yeah and i i did not re- read it when it was actually published in, in time in real time like joe did uh so he had to put up with waiting for these delays but so um my point that, that I wanted to bring up with this is that so the the biggest the biggest difference between this one and the first one, other than um, the first one was better. Uh, <laughs> the, the this one was the first one was about like uh, accountability versus um, protecting. Like it basically, it's like Steve Rogers didn't want people to know who was underneath the mask because that also opens up to other liabilities, and also they didn't want the government telling them what is what is a priority, what is not. Right. They want to like they're heroes; they do heroic things, and just because their their instincts are saying go save these people, someone might step in and be like, oh well, those aren't allies of of you know the U.S. or something. So there's yeah. this whole big thing of not they once you once you register, then you can kind of come under control. Um, with this one. It is basically there's an inhuman that is uh, given the ability to see the future or possible futures. And so the divide becomes, well, we know what's going to happen, so let's stop it before it happens yeah. versus, well, we don't know what's going to happen, but let's prepare for everything. Yeah. Like, it, it's, and he got those powers from the Ohio State University, by the way. <laughs> yeah, go so, Buckeyes. Yeah, go Buckeyes, just to throw that in there. <laughs> yeah. So you could go there for a lot of things. You could go there for a degree or degree some... Or um, seeing the future. Yeah, seeing the future. What was the the name of the... Ulysses? No, well, that's his name, but what's the Terrigen Mist? Oh, the Terrigen Mist. Yeah, if yeah. anybody's watched uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you're familiar with the Inhumans, but... Um, the Cherigen Mists, which uh, is just kind of roving around the world, just doing what it wants, it seems like. It's like, oh, look, the Terrigen Mists here. I guess these people in the cafe, somebody's getting powers. It was like that episode of The Simpsons, whenever the Asian flu showed up in Springfield and all the clouds were wandering <laughs> yeah. all over, and they stopped at the stop signs and waited and then kept driving. Like so That's what it felt like to me. It's yeah. like, oh, Terrigen Mists, man. I heard they're going on a college tour. I thought Ohio that, State next. Yep, you know, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, Open but, it for them's the cranberries. You know. <laughs> Terrigen mist featuring the cranberries. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll be like, oh, I haven't heard zombie in a while. Yeah, I guess I gotta go. Well, I mean, I could get powers. I, after I could that. get powers. Um, um so, uh, so the this this new inhuman, he gets the power to to like precognitively see the future. Apparently, uh, see, I'm still like on Tony's side with this, but what ends up happening is, um, uh, the Inhumans do get him, and Medusa kind of like tips off all of the Avengers that. Uh, there's going to be some, I guess, like a galactic obliterator. I can't remember what the guy's name was. Yeah, kind of looked like Galactus, but not as big. And he showed up in the middle of uh, the city, and there was a there was a really cool fight um, where you just get introduced to a lot of characters, and and, and everybody's fighting to stop this guy. And uh, Doctor Strange and all his um, his buddies who do magic helped like rebanish him to the other part of the universe where he's from. 
And then they go back and they go to the after party because they always have after parties at Tony's. Like, I thought that was really cool in a Age of Ultron where I was like, yeah, they pretty much do that. Yeah, it's like, um, hey, guys, good game. Good, good game. game. High five, high five. Yeah, we saved the world. Let's go back and have some beers. Um, and they're all talking and they're like, how did you guys, how did the Inhumans, they, they tell the Inhumans, how did you guys know that was going to happen? So they interview, introduce. And they show the script that Brian Michael Bendis wrote. It's like, yeah, it's right here. It's right here. See, <laughs> yeah. didn't know we could get this, did you? Uh, it's that guy's power. He pulls stuff out of reality. So they introduce Ulysses to uh, the rest of the Avengers, or like a small set of them, like, you know, the heavy hitters. And immediately, kind of Carol, or Captain Marvel, I'm sorry, uh, Captain Marvel and Iron Man start kind of button heads. Because she wants to use it as like like a minority report thing where you're precognitively going to stop crime, arrest people before they commit any crime. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. First of all, you can't do that. That seems a little odd. And second of all, we don't know if this kid's powers are legit or if he's doing something different. Yeah. So. Which, okay, so that's, that's the first thing is like if you're going to pull a minority report storyline – I it, do something different. It felt like it didn't do anything different. Which you like, Minority Report is the whole idea of you have these kids with these abilities, kind of held against their will. Yeah, and, and uh, sure, crime has gone down because it's easy. Whatever you just automatically assume someone's going to do something, right. and you use their vision of what's going on uh, as as damning evidence. And well, I got kind of angry, and this I'll talk about this in a minute. But like they they breadcrumbed it in the beginning with which I really like the the immediate beginning in episode zero, or episode issue zero where you have that um, the whole scene with She Hawk in the courtroom, mm-hmm. and she's defending a supervillain because yeah. she believes he's innocent even though she hates him. And she well, because he that. was a villain, he he did his time, he comes out, and then he got part of some type of sting where all he did was talk about the good old days. And like what he would do different, yeah. And they somehow brought charges because they're like basically saying he's going to do this. He's again. He's going to do it again. So she loses the case, and he gets a he gets arrested or arrested. He gets thrown in jail. Then he gets killed in jail. And then when she finds out, she's like, "That doesn't make any sense. He didn't do anything." And Maria Hill tells her, "She's like, she's like, well, you know, he has a track record." And she's like, "That doesn't mean anything." And yeah. I, and I I thought it was weird because later on, She Hulk pretty much jumps on the other side. Which I was like, after that just happened and set that up for you, why would you side with with Carol on this whole thing? And and I think it's because of what happens to Hulk. But um, anyway, so um, this guy can predict the future. And then eventually what ends up happening is the scales start to kind of tip where, uh, you know, you have to kind of pick a side in a sense where something happens with, with Tony and Carol not trusting each other again because she uses uh, Ulysses to predict that Thanos is going to show up on Earth. And they basically intercept Thanos. And actually, uh, that story, which was only in like a small frame, was told in um, the, free, the free comic book day comic that you got. Oh, So okay. I don't know if you ever picked that up. I, I have it probably it's, in a pile that's over there. Yeah, everything else. It's, yeah, it's the Avengers comic that you got from free comic book day, and that whole issue is that fight with them and Thanos. Because when I was reading it, huh. I'm like, this makes no sense why they're just suddenly fighting Thanos. And it tied into Civil War. So what well, en- good old Marvel would actually give a, a juicy piece of the story for free. Right. Yeah. Um, they, they've been known to do that because they did that with Age of Ultron also. The the intro to Age of Ultron was a free comic book day, I think. And it was before the event even took place, so you kind of didn't really know what it was in context. So I think they're really good at that. But what ends up happening is they jump Thanos. Um, of course, it's it's a rough fight because it's Thanos. Thanos off the rip kills Rhodey. 
So War Machine gets killed. Like he gives him this really devastating punch. You see the armor. Crack Is it all done break. like a two D side scrolling? Like it was Capcom versus Marvel? Was it just like Thanos like fighting? <laughs> they took out Rhodey, and then all of a sudden someone else showed up. Somebody was, jumped in. Yeah, um, like Mega Man just showed up. It's like you're not even in this universe. He's like, I don't care. You know? I know. You know what? That that fight actually would take place in that game, but. Um, <laughs> No, and then uh, I guess because like he got hit, one of his rockets that he was firing went sideways, and it ended up like catching She-Hawk in just the right moment. It took her out, but they were able to capture Thanos. So then in the books, you immediately find out Tony finding that out, that reaction. So Tony's best friend is dead, um, and then uh, Captain Marvel is distraught too because that was actually her boyfriend. Uh, which I don't think a lot of people knew that because that was like more of a comic thing. That her... I, it kind of picked up on whatever they're like, like it's like she lost someone important to her too. And yeah. I, I, you know, so like, so yeah, there are, there are losses here. I feel like they're, I, think, I feel like it was Marvel playing it safe with the people they chose to affect. Like they didn't take out, like, I mean, it, I feel bad that, that Rhodes, like he didn't have a good year, like in terms of the movie no, he didn't. Or, or the comic or whatever. Right. But, um, so what, what I'm well, trying that's to interesting to, how those two, Kind of, kind of, yeah. yeah. Um, but what what I'm getting to is that okay, great. Your your main conflict is you have this this person that could possibly see the future, and you have this philosophical discussion of we should do everything to prevent these outcomes, or you know we don't know these are actually real, but let's be alert for everything. Um, I don't know why this involves the rest of the Marvel universe. I that's think, the part that gets me. Like, how do you draw a line that succinct, like on that rooftop battle where right. it's like, I, well, that's what bothered me. And that, the original civil war made more sense because everybody, had, it affected everyone. Yes. And, and it did, it did tell, tell the story from Iron Man and Captain America's points. But with this, it literally is just Carol and Tony arguing about something that they have disagreement about and then the rest of the superheroes going well i guess we kind of got to side with one or the other yeah and then if you decide with one you got to be against the other so it, it basically it comes down to it and and tony's you know and she calls him out on it she's like you're a futurist how could you think like this and he's like well you know first of all like his big you know uh skeptical uh thought was that this ulysses guy really can't see the future and he's changing a probability so, yeah, like Scarlet Witch can. Yeah. Right. So he kidnaps this guy um, rather willingly too. Um, but I mean, yeah. I mean, you don't really have any powers other than seeing the future. Which how didn't do you see know? that coming. Didn't see that coming. Yeah. Uh, kidnaps that guy, and then he he runs some tests on him, and all through the comic, I don't think you ever find out what he really discovers. But he's kind of like weirded no, they out they, by they it. said it. Like basically, he his brain is so receptive to everything going on around yeah. the world that it's, it it actually assesses everything quickly and comes up with the probabilities. Okay, it's so able, it's well, basically able to diagnose everything and yeah. kind of come up with the most likely outcome. Right. Um, but then it keeps getting exponentially, exponentially yeah. bigger because his powers start to the point to where he can project these visions outward. Not he can't really control it, but people could see them too. So it's not like it's not like I'm like, hey, here are the winning numbers for this horse race. It's all of a sudden everybody can be at the horse races like yeah. somehow, and they see the horses win. So you you experience the sight, sound, all the tangible stuff. And um, so they come to rescue him. The Inhumans are obviously pissed because they ki Tony kidnapped a human, and and Carol's pissed, and and there's all this tension, and um, uh, they end up uh, he ends up having a vision while they're all fighting about what to do about him again, and the vision is is that Hulk kills everyone, and they they show like this desolate wasteland. Yeah, where but you ask me like Paul, like do you have powers? I'm like no, I don't have powers. It's like 
It, it, look at the Marvel Universe. What do you think is going to happen? Well, one day Hulk's going to kill everybody. Sorry. That's probably, you know, that's that's doesn't take much a to throw that good dart. Guess. You, know? like, you don't like, know where it's going to be. So <laughs> then they got to go. Then they got to go find and track Hulk down. Uh, so Banner's kind of off on his own doing his own research. He hasn't hawked out in a long time. Um, and then like, like it's funny cause like Carol shows up and she's like talking to him and then Tony shows up and then it turns into mom and dad fighting yeah. and it makes him really un- nervous. And then, you know what happens when like Banner gets nervous, then he gets every, two Christmases. every, yeah, everyone gets nervous. Uh, and then he does get a slight bit upset and then he gets shot by Hawkeye's arrow. And then later on you find out that Banner developed a material that could kill Hulk uh, just in case of something happening, but he gave it to Hawkeye and said, "Hey, if I wig out again and Hawk out, you got to take me down." And he's like, "This will do it." So that's what Hawkeye did. So Hawkeye kills Banner. So Bruce Banner, the Hawk, is dead. So now you're up to you got She Hawk in a coma. Uh, you got um, Rhodey's dead. Rhodey's dead. Banner's dead. Uh, and then the next issue kind of deals with the fallout of that and the the trial of Hawkeye. And, 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 and so let me let me put pump the brakes here to say that all by itself. I'm actually like that's okay. It's compelling, interesting. Yeah. But again, what I'm saying is, why did like there this all culminates on a rooftop fight where you have Tony and his crew and you have Carol and her crew. Right. And her crew includes the Guardians of the Galaxy that show up out of nowhere. I'll explain that because I read Guardians. Well, I mean, I know she's and a they, universal type of protector as well. It ties like, into Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. But it's just the moment they show up. And you, it's like, well, of course, like, and this is when I texted Joe about it. I was like, I was like, it's interesting to see how the Disney portion of the movie stuff shows up in these books while it's mixing in with everything else. Right. And like, but then, so like the casual reader would see the Guardians come out of nowhere and then you see Venom with the Guardians. Yeah. And it's like, and if you don't know like what's gone on in Venom the last 10, 15 years, you won't know what's right. going on. It's like, it's very, it's very confusing. Mm-hmm. Not that I mean, like I, I'm aware just because like we talk on the show and I read stuff, but it was like, it was almost like, Hey guys, remember this movie? We're going to bring it. We got to bring in that raccoon that talks. We right. got to bring him in here. And then we got to bring in like, but then you have Peter Quill that's on the side of, if you know the future, you got to prevent it. That doesn't seem like a Peter Quill kind of thing to do. It's, I don't think he, well, I don't think he was really dialed into that as much as just trying to help Carol out. I just think if he knew the future, he would find a way to steal from it. <laughs> Well, I do too, but um, yeah. So, like, yeah, let, uh, let's talk about that because I thought that was really odd. Because, like, when they actually throw down in the middle of the series, like, um, you've got Tony's got most of the Avengers, like, in terms of like he has, you know, Spider Man, he has Cap. Um, I'm trying to think who else he had. Uh, he has Miss Marvel. He has Nova, uh, Vision. You know, he's got he's basically got a lot of heavy hitters on on his side, and then Carol had the Inhumans because they're obviously trying to protect Ulysses and she had a couple of people from Alpha Flight which right it's just like hey Canadians you can come in here too well in her in her in her book she was she was pretty much like running with Alpha Flight in space and it was kind of like I don't know why they gave her Alpha Flight could they call the Space Canadians would that be Space Canadians I would read that book Space Space Canadians Canadians. Uh, but then she goes up to space and she she basically tells Guardians Galaxy she's like hey we're cool right and they're like yeah and they're like She's like, I need some help on Earth. There's there's some stuff going down. So then that's the issue after when they come. But then the further go on with this, though, and then the humans right now, uh, Hank Pym, not Hank Pym, um, uh, Hank, Hank McCoy, the Beast. The Beast. He's part of the humans right now, and so is the Human Torch from the Fantastic Four. And I thought that was interesting because I'm sure there's reasons for it, but you have a character from, uh, well, actually, you have someone from, um, both of them for Fox, 
Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, we don't want to give you too much new X-Men stuff, and we're definitely not going to give you new Fantastic Four stuff. Right. But we kind of want to see Human Torch and the Beast still around, so we're going to mix them up in all this to where movie people can't use them whatsoever. It's a a weird jumbling of, like, and if it creates interesting stories, because I always like like, um, the Beast. I think he's an interesting character. Yeah. And Human Torch did jack shit in that story. It's just like, you're a fire guy now. Congratulations. Well, ever since they they kind of dissolved Fantastic Four with Secret Wars and everything, he's been there just as, like, a background character. Like, they put him on uh, Uncanny Avengers for, like, half a second, that was it. And then, like, him and Medusa... Well, the reason he's there is because him and Medusa are a thing. Oh. So, that's got to suck a till and smell like burnt hair I was going to say, ugh, no, no, like, that's not... No. You ugh. smell burnt hair? Ah, uh, what are they doing? So, <laughs> I, and this is this is getting to my bigger point of... Um, so, I, I mistakenly assumed Civil War II was somehow still, like, a direct fallout from Secret Wars. And I guess it kind of is, because it is following its succession. But when I started tripping across Secret Wars, which I'm not going to get into that whole thing, because that's a whole bigger ball of crazy cats. Um, what I noticed is that clicking on that event itself, there was dozens of additional Secret books. Wars was a lot, bu- a lot busier than Civil War II. In terms of like, if you didn't read certain books, you wouldn't get the whole story. Because there was a like during Secret Wars, like uh, you know, Doom had created this whole other pocket universe, and there were like weird things going on. Like there, at one point, I remember I was like reading it, and Mister Sinister and Captain Marvel were like a couple, and I'm like, when did this happen? Like yeah, it literally it, just popped in a panel, and I was talking with my buddies, and he's like, oh yeah, if you you had to have read uh, one of the Secret Wars offshoots to see what was going on, I'm like. Oh, I'm like, I read some of them, but like all of them, you know, it's like you can't grab everything. And, and, you know, that goes into like what we were talking about with events. Like, you know, they'll release like they did Flashpoint, uh, like one through five, I think. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, um, uh, Civil War was like zero through eight. So there yeah. were nine issues enough for a trade paperback. Right. But um, the uh, all the stuff that happens in between and on the sides Sometimes they do a good job. I feel like Civil War did a good enough job where you. At least say I wasn't happy with the story, but at least I felt like it was a complete story. Yes, that I was able to read Civil War Two, Secret War, the original Civil War as well. I was able to read it through. Um, Sometimes there's this weird shortcut stuff that happens where you just automatically are supposed to know that that characters moved forward because they have like a four issue arc that's separate from everything. And, but at least with this one, I'll give them credit that at least Bendis held the ship together to where if you didn't read any other of the books, which I did not read, um, I still get a sense of what happened. Yeah. Uh, And, and and it's not just a sense of like, like it it felt like a complete story and that was good. Um, But when I started to go flipping through the other books that you, you had gotten, I looked at them as like, I'm not like, I'm sure there's probably some fun stuff in there, but if the main if the main draw of Civil War Two is, oh well, if I know the future, I should prevent it, or I should just fight when things show up. Yeah, I really have no interest in those right. It stories. doesn't so they, right. They, those those additional stories didn't affect anything. Like when you read Amazing Spider Man with the original Civil War, you know Peter Parker had the conflict of like what what side do I pick, and it, and it affected him outside the the original the regular whatever seven issue arc of Civil War itself. Mm-hmm. So you're reading Spider-Man, and it ties into Civil War, and it makes sense because that's when he revealed that he was Peter Parker to the entire world. Yeah, and he had that whole thing, too, being with Stark and being kind of like his bodyguard and being the Iron Spider and right. all that kind of fun stuff that was that permeated in through because uh, that was when Straczynski was still writing 
um, Amazing Spider-Man. I think and so, he, yeah. he was able to weave in that with his bigger narrative that he did. Yeah. Um, and I actually didn't read Civil War at the time, but I was reading Amazing Spider-Man, and it gave me enough through there that right. I was able to know what was going on. And I and I feel like that's my problem, and this is what I like really ultimately, and this is when I've been struggling with Flashpoint, and when we mentioned Darkest Night, um, and Steve, a uh, friend of the show, mentioned that he was excited to read Darkest Night when it came out, and then it became this thing where DC said, no, 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 just read Darkest Night, and then they're like, oh, by the way, here's all this other stuff. So my, my question to you is, um, with the way that they're doing event series currently, are they? I feel like they're not helping their new excited fan base because these movies keep coming out and doing really well, and they're cool movies, they're cool stories, and these movies are being pulled off of arcs that exist already and being reformulated for a movie. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, by the way, read Civil War too. Good luck. Yeah, like, no. I just, like Secret Wars was bad like that, and I think that I think what what you're saying really falls on the shoulders of the writer. Like you're right, Bendis did do a good job of like keeping it all in the same road of Civil War, but there was you you obviously knew there were side streets. Yeah, like what ended up happening because Jonathan Hickman wrote Secret Wars, and e even Jonathan Hickman after I saw a tweet I'll never forget. He apologized for Secret Wars after the last one came out, and I'm like, yeah, you probably should, dude. Because like, with, <laughs> he, he tweeted from Apology World. With Secret Wars, it was like you were going down the Secret Wars street, and then there was like a roadblock, and you'd be like, well, I could go down this road or this road, or I could just wait for this roadblock to be gone. Yeah. And like, if you didn't read like, um, what was it, Captain America's book where he was running around with Devil Dinosaur in, um, you know, Secret Wars, then then you didn't know what this part was and why this happened. Or uh, if you didn't read Thor's, which I guess the Thor's book was was kind of like um like a like a whodunit detective story. But like these, all these Thors were created to be the police of Secret uh, Secret Wars Battle World. Yeah, you know, and then you had like stuff that didn't even you know didn't even like pertain. Like there was a whole Renew Your Vows uh, series where Spider Man and Mary Jane had a, a kid, and uh, they were just living their life, which didn't affect anything else. Well, the the biggest thing about Secret Wars, I was looking through the Wikipedia page for this, which by the way, that's that's a, a monster and a half. Start clicking on clicks there uh, on different links, and they mentioned all the different arcs that are very iconic to Marvel, like, you know, Days of Future Past, yeah. Civil War, Old Man Logan, um, like, and uh, Extinction uh, X -Men Agenda. X-Men 92. X-Men It's like, and they're basically <laughs> saying, hey, remember when you like this? We're going to yeah. release a book that has the same name and kind of the same qualities, but not really. Yeah. And that's what I was mentioning, was pitching this idea of the show to you today, uh, is that I feel like they're, they spent so much time trying to be like, look at all this cool stuff we have, and then they wrote four issues, and there had to be a thought process of building those worlds, and they burned through so much content so fast. Well, and then they came up with Civil War, where it's like, I don't know, future. Yeah, and that's what it felt like to me. It it did. They were basically trying to sell their nostalgia with like the stories that you loved, like um, you know, uh, what was it, eighteen thirty one, is or is eighteen sixty one, or um. 1681 something it's 1681 and then there's another one that's a western world yeah. a western version of marvel and stuff like that so like they brought that back and then they brought old man logan back which old man logan if you read old man logan that was actually one of the secret wars books that tied into 
the story because he then got pulled into the, hmm. the current Marvel universe. So his character came from that that pocket world of Old Man Logan, and then got brought into the regular but world. Just, just think about like rewind back a second. Think I know that sounds when, that sounds way we're getting way into way way too much into Secret Wars. But, but what I'm saying is like just think about the statement you just made and how little sense it really makes unless you're like no, just read the book. It makes sense. Yeah, right. And, I, I know. And, and it's th- hard because I was, I was talking to my buddy at work because he's looking at me clicking all these things. He's like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Well, I'm trying to explain to him my thesis about this." And I mentioned to him, I was like, oh, and then there's a big fight fight on this rooftop where the guards of the galaxy show up with uh, Venom. He's like, what What are you talking about? I was like, oh, well, Venom is this now. And I'm like, and I had to rewind and talk about that for a second. Yeah. And he's like, well, when that happened, I'm like, well, and I had to yeah. keep like, and then at one point I mentioned, um, I don't know how I ended up start talking about Peter David's run on the Incredible Hulk about when the Hulk was just the Hulk with Banner's brain. And he asked, he's like, well, how'd that happen? So I had to like, <laughs> I know, I had to right? kind of, it's like you keep pulling the thread yeah. on the sweater and it just, it's just like it. It doesn't it, you sound like a madman it you, know? you do and, like, and that's why i try not to talk to a lot of people about comics because it's like you know i get together with my one friend and we do talk comics and i was i told him i was like we're gonna do civil war and i was giving him a little bit of a lowdown and i can't remember what i was talking about and i'm like yeah well technically this is why this is happening and this this person and when did that happen i'm like well, it happened. It happened in this book, and and that's why you know that's why Kitty Pride and Star Lord are together now. And it's just like what, like yeah. So, um, I understand continuity is a bitch, like because clearly both DC and Marvel have reset the table. I mean, DC more so than Marvel, um, just trying to get like a, a clear approach. I get it, um, but I feel like that's where the success of the Ultimate Universe was. But then they made that too convoluted. Like like there's gonna be a there's gonna be a break point in the movie franchises that you're going to have to either make a decision to have a clean break and start over again, or you're going to have to somehow magic up a way where you have 28, you know, 30 movies in where it's like, Oh, Robert Downey Jr. has been dead for 15 years, but how are we going to deal with Iron Man now? Like there's going to be a bit where well, they've already kind of done that. I, you, you know what I mean? That's like, yeah. there's going to be, it's, it's, it's like you keep writing and writing and going forward and going forward and going forward. And, there, but there's a point where it's like, how do you you start to limit yourself because it's like oh we've done that before or we've done this before and or the but so with like things like this like this big crossover civil war it's like I feel like they are like well we've had civil war before let's do it this time but we'll make it different yeah but I feel like they thought about it being a cool idea and then you get to the end game where I, not much happened like and that was kind of the end and it's like and both it sides was. are kind of butt hurt and that's it. Yeah, there was like and, that big throwdown in the middle. The one thing I did think was interesting is they destroyed the Milano, and the Guardians of the Galaxy are currently stuck on Earth. Yeah, so I mean, Silver Surfer was stuck on Earth for a few years too. Without his bo- like, he was cursed to Earth. Right, you know, it happens. But, but it, it opens up different avenues for stories. So I thought that was cool. So but, my question for you, I'm, I keep cutting you off. I'm sorry. Uh, if Tony was trying to prove to Carol that the future is fluid and that you don't know what's going to happen. And Carol's trying to prove to him that it, I, something bad is going to happen because I know it's going to happen. And if they're having this big fight over the Capitol steps mm-hmm. where both uh, Miles Morales of Spider-Man and Captain America are down there below. Because earlier, everyone saw a vision where Spider-Man killed Captain America. <clears throat> do you think the solution there is to have a full-on fight with collateral damage to prove your side? No. That is that didn't make got, any sense to me. It got pretty heated over the fact that he just did not want her to arrest Miles. Yeah, so. and, and that's fine. But it's like, wouldn't he just be like, "You can't do this right now. We like we're not going to fight. We can't do this right now because because the, the, then there's always that chance of like they kill Captain America again, and then you know 
Like that would have been funny when he gets hit with them rockets and he's just like, dead again and be like, "Oh, good job, you killed him again." Yeah, I, I just felt like they were really like it was a stupid move yeah. in terms of, of writing. But so the, the end of the the end of the story kind of culminates like or uh, like um, Paul said, where uh, uh, like everybody sees a vision where Miles Morales kills Steve Rogers and um, the uh, Carol wants to arrest him. Tony won't let her. And it turns into a, a big throwdown between the two of them. And everybody's like, no, 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 stop. So it kind of was like that first fight was more of like a little skirmish just to see people like buttheads. Yeah. It didn't seem like it had as much of an impact of like, you know, a friend betraying friend in the other Civil War where like, you know, you know, the, uh, Tony had like, you know, the Fantastic Four like arresting Daredevil. Yeah. You know, it was just like... Like, there was actual repercussions. Yeah. Uh, the other giant man died. Uh, there was the one... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, well, not Goliath. That's not his name. No, it was Goliath. It was Goliath. Yeah. Okay. Goliath died. And, um, uh, you know, that, that throwdown with the Guardians of the Galaxy, it was kind of just like a little like, eh, like nobody really got hurt. We're just going to kind of like throw our powers around. And then at the end, when it was Captain Marvel on Iron Man, it was just like a huge like all-out battle. And like... Like it, nobody else joined them. It didn't feel earned. It just kind of felt there. It was a little forced, and yeah. it was just basically let's watch Carol just like rip apart Tony's armor, and like she beat him, and um, like what she should. I mean, she's ridiculously powerful, but uh, she put him in a coma into some <laughs> magical Tony Stark coma. So everybody, oh sorry, so everybody <laughs> thought Tony Stark was going to die leading up to it because. There were delays. Like originally, Secret Wars was supposed to end in, or not Secret Wars, um, uh, Civil War was supposed to end in August. The last issue came out the last week of December. Yeah, because of uh, uh, what's his name, the 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 artist. He had a he had a baby, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head now. It's David something, uh, but um, the uh, um, the book didn't come out till later. But Marvel kept making publications that were supposed to happen after it. So you had two Iron Man titles. You had a tired title with Riri Williams, who is the new Ironheart, which is basically the new power suit character. Um, she she basically stepped into the Iron Man mantle because her armor is it's golden yellow. Yeah. Uh, and then you have actually Doctor Doom is uh, a new Iron Man character because <laughs> after Access, Doom became a good guy, and. I still don't trust him. I don't care. I don't care how many books come out. Doom could be a good guy for forty years. I'm like, this is all a plot. This dude has been waiting forty years to just flip the switch and get all of us. You think he at least could get a name change? Yeah. You know, and just be like, oh, my you name's Doctor. Good times. Yeah. It was really like, weird watching him uh, interact as a good guy because I don't know he still seems like a like a, like a antagonist. Yeah. And it's like something's up, and I don't. But anyway. So you had those two books, and Tony Stark is nowhere to be found in any of them, which made no sense. If you're going to have the Iron Man title and no Tony Stark, so everybody's like, Tony's got to die and it's at the end of Secret Wars. Or uh, I keep saying that. Civil, Civil War. War. Um, Secret Civil Wars. Secret Civil Wars. So, yeah, they put him in a coma, and it's a weird coma because when they take him back to the hospital, like uh, Hank McCoy Beast is like analyzing him, and he's like, yeah, he's been experimenting on himself for years with extremists and all these different technologies that we don't understand. And he's in some type of like suspended animation coma. And I'm like, so you don't want to kill him and then have a really stupid story to bring him back to life like you Again, did Captain America. Yeah. Well, there was even, talk about continuity, years ago, uh, he, uh, 
he was suffering from a spinal injury because of his uh, using the red <laughs> silver armor in the 80s that had the the, the phasing ability mm-hmm. screwed with his whole nervous system to where eventually he uh he was like on life support and he died quote unquote but it was for him to go in and actually rewire his own nervous system yeah and it was like the same thing where it's like oh you're out of commission for a while you can't move yep. and it's just, whatever it's, there's it's, gonna be a point where tony stark's gonna bounce up out of bed and just be like i am iron man yeah and then just zip around in a suit again yeah so i it just i guess ultimately for this because i i feel like i should read more comics because i haven't been reading as much as i used to um but I feel like coming to this, as much as I love comics, I feel like I am more of an intermediate reader now than I am a hardcore reader. I just look at this and be like, none of this is making me want to jump right back in and buy books. Yeah, but the thing is, I think I think they're 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 going to do events because they want to do they want to make that money. Events pull in money, yes, because you want to read because it it involves everybody in some way or another, whether it's a good writing or bad writing. I just feel like they should make events a little bit more special. It should happen once a year, and it should be kind of almost random, and they really should put more thought into it because there's so many other side books that are so good that they keep cutting off after like 12 issues or 7 issues just to make a trade paperback. Um, like, Like Jason Aaron's run on Thor with Jane Foster is amazing. I think that's one of my favorite books right now. Um... You know, some of those, like Vision, I heard, I haven't read it, but I heard Vision's uh, standalone book was really, really good, where he had a family. Hmm. Um, and, like, his daughter ends up joining uh, The Champions, which is Mark Wade's new book, where he's writing about all the kids. Like, you got Miles Morales, you got uh, Kamal Khan, which is Miss Marvel, uh, the, the young teenage Nova, Amadeus Cho, who's the Hulk. He's like yeah. 17, he's a, a certified genius. I think he's like the the sixth or seventh smartest person in the world. You know how they always do that with Marvel. Yeah. And then you got Viv, who is Vision's daughter. Um, and it's a really good book. I've read like two issues, and it's really cool. Like I, I think I've said it before, where I, I like the chemistry they had with Miss Marvel, Nova, and Spider Man because it felt very Harry Potter esque in the sense that you had like you know the the know-it-all girl and then the two guys who are just kind of like her best friends but one of them really likes her and i'm like that's very hmm. like ron hermione and, and uh, harry well, so what happened i don't know when this changed because i know there was cro- there's been there's been events and i i keep using the word crossover um before the show and it's not right um the, all the mutant books used to do crossover events almost yearly but there was a time uh, where what Marvel would do is wait. They release annuals. Do you remember the annuals that would come out like once yeah, a year? Yeah, they like still the do annuals. Ones? There, there was a time there where they had like four books that crossed over. Like there was like Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I forget the other ones. Fantastic Four and a couple others that um, told a new Corvox uh, story. But you had to buy all four annuals to tell the story how it went between the four annuals. And that still was a bigger event because you could have these bigger issues with yeah. longer page length. And you could still have that outside the continuity, not continuity, outside of the regular publishing of your issues. Mm-hmm. I thought that was awesome because there was an X-Men story called Kings of Pain that was really, really good that was told through the four X-Men annuals. And it was really neat and it and it brought all the X-Men together and it dealt with... Um, uh, Professor X's son, the one, um, oh, the the one that was uh, all like he was a mutant, but he absorbed all the power. I forget his name. Oh, um, I know who you're talking about. He was the, the crazy powerful. Yeah, um, but 
solid story, and you had all you do was buy the annuals. You didn't have to go and worry about how Kings of Pain crossed over to every every issue of this and whatever. And I thought that was actually a pretty good setup because then you still get your big stories, and you can still keep your publication running. And and that also probably frees up the writers and the the creative staff to be able to tell a twelve issue arc without having to worry about if it's going to have to weave into you know whatever yeah. you know. And that's uh, so. I think events are great. I think it's fun. It's like it's like it, the way I equate it is. And though I think WWE is killing it right now the same way that Marvel's killing it in the sense that you have your regular weekly matches that build up to a pay-per-view that tell the big story and then you use the weekly shows to build up again. I feel like WWE has too many pay-per-views now, but it's the same idea. Like, give us that big build up and then a payoff. A big yeah. build up and a payoff. Don't have like, well, we're going to show you part of a pay per view in the middle of this match. So everybody look away if you're not subscribed. Yeah. You know, like it just feels like no, they did that. Yeah. And like, there's been a lot. I've, I've gotten trapped this year with a lot of like those books. Like I said, where it was just like, here we're just going to write eight issues and then we're done with it. I'm like, I wouldn't have like bought into this if I knew if I would have known it was going to end sooner. You know, it's like it's cool to have that little quick story arc, like Venom Space Knight. Like I'm a big Venom fan, and you know, Venom's, Venom was on uh, uh, Flash Thompson, and then he ended up in space with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and then they did a whole backstory about the symbiote, and you found more of the history out about it. Then he kind of goes off and does his own thing in space, like, and it was a cool story arc. And then they he he got back to Earth, and then they ended it. Yeah, and it was just like, nope, we're not going to write any more about Venom and the symbiote. I think I think they started a whole new separate issue. It's like Venom number one, and it's yeah, like, like why? I also feel like uh, because uh, you've pointed out that so of all the times you keep buying all these scattershot books, you have tripped across some books of value just by happenstance, like with the Spider Verse thing yeah. they had with Spider Gwen and Silk and a couple others, where they were just kind of these tossed off ideas, not tossed off, but like small ideas that people are like, "That's great." I feel like Marvel's like if we keep giving them enough room to spin out these ideas, they're going to have the next Spider Gwen and another thing to catch fire. Yeah, and I just. Again, like give me, and those are kind of those are happenstance type things. Yeah, like you're, like I, I think I remember, um, I think I remember when they started to make some buzz about Riri Williams becoming the next uh, female Iron Man. Like she had a really small bit part in Invincible Iron Man about this this girl, and um, she went to some, I think she went to MIT, but she was getting kicked out of MIT because she wasn't attending classes and things, and it wasn't like. You didn't know where the story arc was going, mm-hmm. and then like slowly you found out she was building her own Iron Man armor, hmm. like in her dorm, and it was like the first mentioning of her, and when you see her, it's just like maybe three panels of her in her dorm doing something, and that's literally the first appearance of Ironheart, and I think it's like an Invincible Iron Man 17 or something like that, and like I, I bought that just because I was buying the series, and I didn't think anything of it because it didn't tie into the rest of the story that was going on Invincible Iron hmm. Man. So, yeah. So anyway, uh, share with us uh, your thoughts um, about this. Like, because I mean, in terms of Civil War Two or the the event effect, I guess you can call that as well. That's going to be Marvel's new event next year. The event effect. Yeah, I mean, you're always gonna. I mean, you can't do without events. There's events that are going to be big and you're memorable. You know, so. Yeah, I, I just sure. I just I don't know. Like, if you look at like the 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 Wikipedia entry about uh, Marvel event stuff, like you'll see like how it's gone from like like there was like one this year and then like every other year and then then every year and then two a year three. It's like it keeps like it they keeps used they I think accelerating. They were, yeah, I think they were like at like four a year maybe. Yeah. So and it's just like that. It's a lot of whiplash. And some know? of it wasn't even like I don't know. I I don't know why they did it. Like like I I never read Black Vortex, but. 
Black Vortex, I heard, was pretty good, but that mostly just took place with Guardians of the Galaxy, and I didn't know why that couldn't just be contained. Yeah, that's and, what I'm saying. Yeah. And, yeah. and it also makes it tough for putting together trade paperbacks, right? Because it's like, if you're going to put together a trade paperback Civil War II, sure, you're going to have your eight eight books, but... It's going it, to be the main... Yeah. It's not going to have any of the side stuff. You're going to have to buy those separate, yeah. Yeah, and I don't want to spend like $600 for one big compendium of whatever. Anyway, so share with us your thoughts about this. Uh, I think it's an interesting topic. Uh, again, I know down the line we're going to we're gonna read Black Knight and talk about it. Uh, probably not not soon, but I'd, I'd like to get we'll more I think we'll pick up a few more of the Bet Blackest Night. I think talking about comic events is is a lot of fun. Yeah. So and so, uh, hit us up on our Facebook page. It's Invasion of the Podcast. We have a website, invasionofthepodcast.com. We're on Twitter, Invading Podcast. Uh, we are having some fun interaction with people on on the social media. So uh, please hit us up there. Um, real quick before we get to our game, I'm just going to mention this. It's time. Year of the Western. I, we, we, we decided that 2017 is the Year of the Western. I feel like we're going to have to come up with a year for 2018. Now yeah, I know. It's going to be like year of not, not the, the Western. Rom-coms, the rom-com. The rom-com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, um, Kate Hudson movies. Yeah. No, um, so I asked Kevin Ray Violenta to give us a list of 30 movies uh, for me to try to get through this 30. year. Ooh. 30. 30. 30. Um, I don't know if I just want to list them all because it's a lot of things. That's to like one. Here. That's like almost one one every other week. Yeah, no, that's why. I, that's I, a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. Uh, like he he gave me a mix of like like known like stuff that everyone knows as westerns, and then he loves like the Italian genre stuff too. So it's like it's going to be like we have Once Upon a Time in the West. Like uh, we have um, what else? The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. True Grit. Hang 'em High. High Plains Drifter. Outlaw Josie Wales. Like the ones people know. But then we get stuff like Shane. Yeah, like, uh, there's no how many is there only a couple no I'm sorry no, John Wayne stuff uh, yeah like Rio Bravo like that's um I think that's John Wayne yeah um, but we get some earlier stuff too and then we get things like uh, um, uh, Django Kill if you live to shoot, which isn't really a Django sequel, but after Django came out and got popular, everything that had um, Franco Nero in it became a Django movie. So this is going to be, it's going to be fun. Uh, the Stranger and the Gunfighter, Day of Anger, They Call Me Trinity. You know, these are things I don't know, and it will be fun to watch. Uh, Kioma, which they covered on an episode of Radio Violenta, and it, it sounds like uh, fun because there's an axe fight in it, so I'm down. So these are going to oh, yeah. be a mix of everything it's going to be wonderful and as we go along i will talk about what we see and then this will all culminate in a great western episode i'm sure so let's give you guys an update we have the list i'm going to start working on this as soon as i can are you i mean you said you've seen some of these I'm uh, not, yeah i I'm, do want to see a lot of these i i have the wild bunch i haven't watched it yet i definitely want to watch the wild bunch i know that's on my list um i've seen i don't know what's on here i've seen i what have i seen have you seen 1954's Johnny Guitar? I have not. No. Uh, I've seen The Good and the Bad and the Ugly. I've seen True Grit, the original. I've never seen the remake. Heard the remake's actually really good. Yeah. Uh, well, the original's pretty good. Um, I've seen The Magnificent Seven, the original, and the remake, uh, and, and, Seven Samurai, <laughs> and Seven Samurai. Uh, that's about it, really. Yeah. But no, I was surprised on there. Like, I like Bone Tomahawk. Did you ever watch Bone Tomahawk? Not yet. I need to. Really good. Yeah. I'm surprised Tombstone and. Uh, Unforgiven aren't on there. I think he was trying to pick things I've not seen. Oh, and okay. so yeah, Tombstone is probably one of my favorite westerns. Like I've seen the remake, the Three Ten to Yuma, which was really good. The remake of Three Ten to Yuma. Yeah, good. so we're going to watch, the, watch original. The, yeah. the original. But yeah, Tombstone. I think I fell in love with Tombstone when I was like when it came out, like in the nineties. So like Young Guns, like why that? Why is that I didn't like here? Young. I didn't. I didn't like Young Guns <laughs> as much as Tombstone. I don't know why. Everybody in Tombstone, like Kurt Russell and. Uh, 
and Val Kilmer were just badasses in Tombstone. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. I can watch that scene where Kurt Russell just beats the crap out of Billy Bob Thornton in the bar, like, over and over again. Yeah, it's, it's a, that's yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, and maybe we'll sneak some of those in here too as we go along. But this is going to be the list. Um, I might just post this on our on our Facebook page. So people can see what they are as we go through. Uh, but I wanted to give you an update that that's we are still working on that. And uh, but yeah, enough about westerns. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that this year. Um, let's go ahead and get to our game. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. When Betty White says she wants a cup of coffee, you get her a a cup of coffee. So Betty White uh, turned 95. 95 yesterday. Yeah, uh, yesterday. So, and she's still around. She's still working. God Uh, bless Betty White. Like, man, like we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Everybody was, was whining and crying on the internet about 2016 killing so many people. And I don't ever want to think about when Betty White's going to go, but I'm not going to be like super surprised but i'm gonna be sad i mean she's 95 and still like like putting out like she's still working and she's still sharp as attack and it's like and she's going to go out fighting that's all we know right it's like so there's her her and stanley those are the two and i'm just going to be like no i didn't want to have to go through this but i knew i would yeah (laughs) but it isn't like she is going out like being like oh we loved her for what she was no we love her for what she is you know so i decided to put together a quick little quiz here it's not really it's not a betty white quiz but the question is she was born june 17th 1922 so she's 95 years old i'm going to ask joe about a list of things here and they're all over the cat all over the place are these january 17th you said june oh sorry january 17th i meant to say yeah uh are these older or younger than Betty White. Okay. All right. The first television broadcast. Uh, I'm going to say that that is younger than Betty White. You're right. 1928. Wow. Right? So she was six years old when the first bro- like television broadcast. Wow. Not Not TV. TV in general was coming around, but actual broadcast. Broadcast, yeah. Um, Alaska and Hawaii become states. I'm going to say that that's older. Than Betty White? Than Betty White. 1959. So you're wow. Right. Yeah, right. All right. Hoover Dam starting construction, older or younger than Betty White? I'm gonna say younger. 1931. Yeah. You're right. So uh, still though, like you just it just blows my mind. Yeah, uh, Betty White's like, dam's yeah. dam's not that old. Uh, the first transatlantic flight. Uh, I'm gonna say that's younger. Older. 1919. Really? Wow. Yeah, so it's older than Betty White, but not by much though. Like, no. That's one three years. The first talkie film, the first film with sound, the jazz singer. Is that older or younger than Betty I'm White? I'm gonna say it's older. It is younger. Than wow. Betty White. She was born in 1922. This film came out in 1927. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the 18th Amendment, which is prohibition. Older or younger? That's younger. Um, by two years. You're right. 1920. Yeah. See, I had fun looking up all this stuff, trying to get into all this. White Castle Burgers. Older or younger? Like the franchising, like the initial White Castle. Oh, Old Castle? Uh, uh, old, old, ca- old, old, old Castle. Younger. Uh, younger than White, ca- uh, <laughs> younger than Betty White. Betty White Castle. Uh, it's older by one year, nineteen twenty-one. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Superman, older or younger than Betty White? Uh, Superman's younger. You're right, nineteen thirty-three. Yeah. Uh, first electric guitar, older or younger than Betty White? Older. Younger, nineteen thirty-one. Wow. She existed before guitars had sound. <laughs> uh, Wrigley's Double Mint Gum, older or younger? Uh, older older 1914 wow 
Um, yeah, and like actually, Juicy Fruit came out in like the 1800s. What? I know. They came out before Double Mint. That doesn't make sense to me. I'm surprised Juicy Fruit's been around that long. Right? Little Orphan Annie, the comic strip, older or younger? Oh, geez. Um, younger? 1924, so two years. Wow. Uh, dumpsters, just dumpsters in general, like the technology of a dumpster, like the actual idea of a dumpster, older or younger? Uh, older? Younger, 1935. Wow. Because you think about, like, you, the only reason I know that is just because I happen to be tripping across, like, 1930s, like, Cleveland history and about how back in the day before garbage trucks had tops to them, people would just dump things out as the truck was going. And, like, on hot summer days, it would just be a nightmare. So these guys, they, they, the, ter- the term dumpster is actually trademarked. Hmm. But but these guys came up with a bin to store garbage wow. in. So, but we didn't have them until 1935. That's crazy. Yeah. So Betty Betty White's been and around we had longer. Betty White before dumpsters, right? The first successful ascent of Mount Everest. Older or younger than Betty White? I'm going to say that that's old. Oh, older. Older. 1953. Wow. Right. Sinking of the Titanic. Older or younger? Oh Jesus. Uh... You don't remember this from the movie? No, I never saw the movie. You've never seen Titanic. I've never seen Titanic. <laughs> I, hey, I'm, oh, I'm going to do a wheel of death. No, it's just going to be Titanic six no, times. No, I won't watch it. I'm proud of that fact. Why? I never, it's actually a pretty solid film. I've heard that. Billy Zane's amazing in it. <laughs> I won't watch okay. Titanic. Well, then this doesn't help you, though. Okay. I got or, through I got through the 90s without watching Titanic, and I'm not going to start now. Oh, uh, my heart doesn't go on. Uh, <laughs> so the, when is it older or younger than the Betty White? Uh, it is younger. 1912. So what? it is older. You would have known that had you watched the movie. I would have. <laughs> the modern handheld can opener, so the one with the, like the hand crank and you know like yeah, clip, is it uh, older or younger? Younger, 1925. So she existed before can openers as we know them. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the wonderful Wizard of Oz novel, older or younger than Betty White? Um. Oh, geez, that's really close. I think I want to say younger. Uh, it is older, 1900. When the book first really? came out, yeah, there's actually. I'm not the movie. I know the book was. There was actually a movie before that movie too. There was a black and white silent film with the Wizard of Oz in the 1920s. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, okay, this one's kind of a trick question. Uh, Monopoly, older or younger than Betty White? Did it come out the same year? No. And what? Uh, is it older or younger? Younger. Okay. Yes and no. So <laughs> the original game that Monopoly was is called the Landlord's <laughs> Game. Was copyright 1903, but then the stolen idea for the game that which would become Monopoly was 1932. Mm. So the guy who vented Monopoly was hanging out at somebody's house and they had dinner and they played this original game called the Landlord's Game. He's like, that looks pretty cool. What are the rules? And they wrote them down and they never saw him again. And he made Monopoly. Wow. Yeah. Kind of kind of a jerk move. Mm. All right. Last couple here. Mickey Mouse, older or younger than Betty White? Oh, younger. 1928, so not by much. Dr. Pepper, older or younger than Betty White? Oh, uh, younger. I know Dr. Pepper's pretty old, too. 1885. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so uh, that had a good head start on, on Betty White. And yeah. the last one, this is this one's a sad just because what it is. The discovery of Pluto that is no longer a planet, uh, but unless you're... Um, uh, Jerry on uh, Rick and Morty. It's still a planet because you just want it to be a planet. Discovery of Pluto. Older or younger than Betty White? Younger. Younger. 1930. Wow. So she existed when we had eight planets in our solar system, and she exists now when we have eight planets in our solar system. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was fun. I thought that was... Uh, that was pretty cool. There's some interesting things in there. So anyway, that's... Uh, that, <laughs> that is as things older than Betty White. So... Um, yeah. Surprised you didn't have any Golden Girls music. <laughs> yeah. So... 
um, I don't know if it's. I think it's happening on Valentine's Day. Hulu is releasing all the seasons of Golden Girls on yeah. Valentine's Day. Yeah, so. I mean, that's gonna. Yeah, my Hulu account's gonna be smoking. <laughs> well, is that like? Uh, is is that what Amy's favorite? Yeah, show is? that's like her favorite show. Oh. Uh, we uh, when we were in New York, we actually went to a a puppet show that was the Golden Girls. Like like literally like they did an hour and a half it was almost like an hour and a half episode of the golden girls with these puppets it was pretty cool but i was just sitting there like i would enjoy this more if i liked the golden girls like it was very very accurate that makes me that makes me hope that there's some off like broadway that's doing like new episodes of night court but with puppets and i would go watch that in a heartbeat i think like, it's night cool. court it's amazing but it's funny because like when we lived uh when we used to live in an apartment um <laughs> i would come home from work like you know like nine or ten o'clock or something sometimes and i'd come in the door and like that that song would be playing because it was the running song for the dvd menu and she'd be passed out on the couch and it was just do 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 and i'd be like coming in the door like yep so thank you for being yeah she's a she's a massive golden girls fan oh all right then that's and then you got you got your seinfeld on there too yeah yeah oh that too uh, and your frazier's on there as well so she's she's good Yep. Like, that's it so um all right uh, anyway that'll do it for us this week uh again please follow us on the social medias interact with us there uh please 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 give please, us please. likes give us yeah. ratings give yes. us share the show give us free things you just click on yeah you know or uh you can Stop. also go to itunes and when you get and, uh, done listening to this show pull it up on your phone yeah <laughs> do it right now yeah and then um just you know then uh i don't know gift it to people like don't be me when you go to taco bell and they give you an extra taco for free and you're like i should give them a good survey and then go home and eat that taco and forget (laughs) yeah um but yeah go on itunes give us five stars that would mean a great deal to us uh stitcher it is possible i forget how but you can certainly try to figure that out i'd appreciate that as well (laughs) i feel bad that we can't tell them (laughs) it's like you can go to (laughs) stitcher.com and find the show but you can't do it through the app i don't know and that doesn't make sense to me you think yeah i know i try to do a lot of stuff yeah. on my phone i can't yeah I can't. it's 2017 get your shit together stitcher um and then we're also on google play uh so if, yeah if, if wherever you guys can leave a good review um you know bathroom stalls i don't know someplace leave good reviews would be great um but yeah that's gonna do it for us this week um mystery show again next week not sure mystery show yeah i kind of like having mystery show because sometimes it causes them to tune in you yes. don't know if we're gonna live it's true. Like, we could be dead next week. Paul almost died last week. Yeah, I'm not quite out of the woods yet. It's kind of so. like that. I don't know. We're kind of the stars of the show. And if we're kinda, us, well, who else would be the, the, on the show? I then? don't know. What if, well, that's the cliffhanger. It's like you stop watching the show and then you're just like, be like, ah, they're going to live. And then you, you tune in next week and, and like he really did bleed out. And then they got a new actor like it's, Billy it's, Zane. It's a Steve. It's a Steve hosting the show from his phone. He's just calling in. He's calling in. Yeah, it's like, hey guys, I took over the show. Yeah, and he's just playing sound effects around him, like whatever. <laughs> it's probably, it probably sound better than what we do. So, all right. Anyway, all right. have a safe week, guys. And uh, I guess if you can predict the future, I mean, I don't know, play the lot. Yeah, you'll don't, know what our go. show is next week. <laughs> yeah.
You should know when that. Betty White says she wants a cup of coffee, you get her a, a cup of coffee.